everyone, welcome to another episode of the Mahila Collective, where we explore changing times and our evolving selves as Diddy feminist types. I'm your host, Apoorva. And today, we're talking about menstruating in a man's world. From taboos and myths we heard as teenagers, the idea of becoming a woman, everything about periods carry a misogynistic undertone in our society. While we moved on from being ashamed of periods, adulthood came with its own challenges, of navigating workplaces, questioning laws, and challenging restrictions. And for this very special episode, we have our friend Sanjana, who's joining us to discuss with us her experiences, learnings around, well, those days and dissecting them with a feminist lens. Hi, Sanjana. So glad to have you here. Hi, guys. I'm finally here and I'm so excited about this. And thank you guys for having me, finally. Like, I was supposed to be the first guest. But, yeah. <laughs> Hi everyone, Shruti this side. Uh, we're so excited to have Sanjana. Now, like finally we have uh, got her aboard. And also welcome back Apurva after very long. I'm sure your fans missed yeah. you. Hey everyone, this is Parina. I think I'm really glad that all of us are back together for an episode again. And of course, really excited for Sanjana to be here. I think this is going to be a fun topic where we're going to probably get into long rants. But I think we're going to have a lot of fun on this one. Okay. So I want to start this episode with our personal anecdotes about our first period or, you know, the first time we learned about periods. Okay, so I'll go first. Okay. So uh, my first memory, how I knew about menstruation was like when I was in, I think, class five, a friend came up to me and she's like, I have a secret and don't tell anybody about it. And then she's like that, you know, I in very confidence and I have periods. And that was the first time I heard about something like this, that this exists. Okay. And then like after about a year, the mandatory, you know, all girls go to medical room, that kind of thing happened where we were. uh, So then we were told about menstruation that, okay, when you go get to a certain age you have periods and it is very normal and it is a part of being a woman and so our homework was to go home and talk to our moms about it and ask her about it and ask her to show us a pad so I went home excited I told my mom that school mein ye hua. and like um, mom pad and my mom got like sort of furious and she's like that you guys are so young and I don't know why your school is teaching you about this already and I was in six I don't think that's young I think by that point a lot of girls in my class started having their periods and so my mom's reaction to it was that uh, we'll come to it when it uh, when the time calls for it so abhi say uh, let's not talk about it and she like dismissed it so now when I look back at it I think the whole like the first thing I find problematic is that this alag jaake batana you know like taking the girls to the medical room to tell them about menstruation as if you know boys don't need to know about it and mm-hmm. so I think it's, we were instilled this you know that it has to be hush hush and it's something that needs to stay between the girls yeah, I think I had like pretty similar experiences. Like it was about fourth, fifth grade when this conversation started happening and I was in an all-girls. So like we were pretty publicly started talking about these things. And I remember a friend's mom saying that, you know, you guys should not talk about periods uh, like right now because then you'll get your period really quickly. Like that's some sort of signs. The more you talk about it, the quicker you manifest- get them. <laughs> manifesting it. So I remember that being uh, probably the only time when I felt that uh, this was something we weren't supposed to talk about. 
and when i finally got it I, there was absolutely no conversation nobody sat me down and explained to me what it is i think my mom just assumed i know about it from school and i actually kind of did know about it so i didn't have to ask her a lot of questions there was never a long conversation in fact i think uh, we had this sort of a seminar uh, in 7th grade finally where we were taught about periods and i mean there was no segregation because we were all girls but uh, i think that was too late because by that time almost everybody had gotten their periods so i am not sure what was the point and it's not like that was very informative or very i mean they told us about our cycles and how to track them or anything like that it was pretty basic stuff and i think it came way too late so um so i actually got my period very early i was in fifth and i had no idea that such a thing existed like for several months after i got my period i had my suspicions that even boys have something like this and my mom is not telling me about it because no one told me about <laughs> you know periods and i don't have an elder sister who would like give me a heads up that oh something's about to happen and change your life and this make it a little harder uh so i was that friend that shruti was talking about like not shruti's friend but i was that friend in the group who would you know like tell girls in secrecy <laughs> that i could tell you something that something happened and then we'd go to the washroom and see like how a pad looks like because i used to carry one then and then in sixth grade we had this all girls come to the auditorium and we were very specifically told to like not talk to boys about it so um you know we like at that young age also we were like devising these lies what we're going to tell the boys when they ask us oh tum sab kahan gaye the um things like that so yeah i mean they start instilling this in us at a very young age hmm. so for me uh experience was very different so uh i got my first period when i was in sixth standard and one month before i was about to get my period i was um like facing a lot of changes down there like you know i was getting discharges and i just told my mom that something of this sort is happening and i remember she was outside with me and she was like that it's okay it's okay it's fine you're going to get your periods and uh, ho jayega to bata dena and then one month post that i remember it was it was 14 february guys it was 14 february <laughs> and i got my period and she was not there i live in a joint i used to live in a joint family so my aunt was there and then she told me that okay okay this 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 is happening and then she handed like she did not handed me the pad she was like come to the washroom with me i'll teach you how to wear it i think we all have done that and my problem with whole concept is that the only thing that i knew was i'm going to get period but the reason behind it i did not know i was bleeding badly and i was just confused all over again and i remember one day uh, during that one week i was bleeding so much and i was sitting with my family and they were discussing result with me and like it started leaking and it was Lord. leaking and everybody was sitting there and i could not stand up because there is there was stain on my pants and i could not stand and i was like what is happening with me why is it happening with me so Yeah, this was my first experience with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think when Sanjana said, no, that when it happened, uh, you were just told that this is something that will happen. But उसके आगे पीछे का why it is happening, how will the journey be? नहीं बताया. So for the longest mm-hmm. time, I thought that this is something that will happen all the time. I was shit scared. Was that, <laughs> I was 
उसको Yeah so um as we were talking earlier that we weren't told that why it happens or how it happens and my father was kept out of the loop for the longest time i don't think my mom ever explicitly told him that i think with age he probably assumed that she's an adult she probably now has a period but it was it was always i mean as a kid i remember my mom telling me that um, no one knows that you have your period so don't you know make it very obvious at home yeah well, similar kind of experience with me uh, even my father i he was not in the loop but you know i am kind of a rebellious child so i wanted i took effort to make it more normalized in my house uh, so you know even if i don't know you know if it happened at your place so the pads were actually in the corner most covered of your house wrapped in a black polythene and mom was used to like bring it to party and all of those things and i am a rebellious child so now i i don't hide it i put it in front of like my cupboard and like everything is out there and open and like i took efforts to normalize it you know even if i am getting going through those periods i try to normalize it with my brother and my father and with my mother right. so i think now it has become nice now it's chill but that's after like 10 years uh, of effort So yeah, but I think this effort should actually be taken by the family and not by the woman who's going through a period. 
as a school going kid i used to have pretty chill i was lucky that time i used to have pretty chill periods and i never used to tell anyone even my mom often didn't know like kab aake chala gaya it never was a thing it wasn't because it was a taboo but i just never bothered telling anyone that i'm having my periods so nobody knew and but when like we went to college and like started getting like those really bad cramps while a period and we used to i think do that with everyone all of our roommates if someone was on their period they would get extra attention and special treatments so that's something i discovered quite late but yeah now when i'm home and when i'm like feeling really sick and really crampy of course now i tell everyone people understanding but yeah i think as a kid growing up in my house i used to, it just used to be a secret i never told anyone and i explicitly i think i hid the fact and did all of those things uh now that we're talking about the men in our lives uh let's talk about menstruating in a man's world uh how it has been navigating you know the everyday period challenges at work or in college if uh so like i mentioned earlier no so i honestly feel that boys are like they are sh- they're not just ignorant they're actually actively shielded from this knowledge so when apurva also mentioned no that boys se jaake discuss mat karna ki kya baat hui thi as if pata nahi when they get to know kaun sa pahad toot padega ya jo bhi hai so even when we had the class 8 uh, sex ed no so there wasn't any uh, specific emphasis on what is menstruation and how medically it happens and also like almost like zero on how it affects the women in the lives so like they grow up to be like mostly ignorant and they don't know the extent of it and so all of their ideas come from pop culture and what they hear in the rudar but you know like pata hai ki ha us time ladkiyan ko pms kuch hota hai they get all cranky and you know they get all emotional so we can just ask ki acha you are like irrationally angry because you're going through that that time of your month wali cheez so i think th- उनके आइडियाज I don't know. Phil, like quote unquote, he goes like so. There, there is this monster inside of them, and they are trying very hard to hide it. So when you acknowledge it, it will come out. So at the end of the episode, that's uh, so Claire and the girls get angry about that specific thing. That why do you have to pretend that you don't know what is going on? You can like you know sit us down as like grown ups and be like, I understand. I know you are in pain. So let me know how I can help you. So like it ended on that note. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think going back to what Shruti said about boys being like completely clueless. I think it was college when we were showing our guy friends what a pad looks like, and a lot of them had like absolutely no clue, especially the ones without sisters. And it's like, I mean, they're actually maybe it's not their fault because they never actively thought about it. And I think weirdly so, but I think the moment boys begin to learn about what a period is, what a cycle looks like. probably when they become sexually active and they have to find that out with their girlfriends because i really think before that they just absolutely so clueless so just to add you know during my school days obviously guys are like hush hush about it and they don't want to talk about it and all of those things but everything changed for me when i came into college so my two guy best friends used to be with me all the time so they essentially know what is going on in my life 
and because of them i first like you know realized that even they were so normalized about it that it really like i really felt comfortable for the first time uh, about talking uh, on menstruation and everything to my guy best friends it was because of college friends that i learned that yeah man like this could be actually like so nicely normalized and talked about and just be like okay about it so that changed a lot for me in college yeah i think similarly for me i think by that age they do become generally aware and empathetic i remember was working uh, in a startup with a lot of like it was like a team of five men and just me but it i never thought of it as a taboo i would openly talk about like i am having my period today and i just need a break and even we would when we were working like 12 hours a day every day and it was really hectic and we were doing the hustle but uh, i would tell them i have my period and i would go and rest and everybody would be okay with it or when i needed to get my pads i would just announce it i was this was just never a taboo thing it was so normalized and i realized that it was a really good thing otherwise being with five guys and working would have been really hard had they not been sensitized and normalized um so my workplace experience has been a little different i've been quite lucky to you know be working in a place where everyone's quite understanding about taking sick leaves um but uh whenever it's my periods i just feel so guilty about taking the leave i don't know why because i felt that something i can bear and that's something i should be able to sit through because i'm just sitting and working on my bed and i should be able to do that but it just um and then even though i feel that even though if you know there are female members in my team and i can you know tell them i'm on my period and i cannot work today i just feel that everyone's experiences with their periods it's so different that someone can have a very easy one like and some people can have some really painful ones and it's just not physical pain every time it's it's a multiple factors which come in you know sometimes you're just so irritated and you don't feel like talking to anyone you just want to sleep and you you're just so exhausted uh so yeah that's something that i don't know how to change in myself right i think you know like uh, it immediately reminds me remember of those like a sanitary napkin ads that come na whisper and stay free ka so they always show that you know hamara pad use karenge suddenly you can wear white pants and can jump around theek hai and you can suddenly yeah. like be clicking photos and climb rocks and all of that and so suddenly this idea you know that okay you can work through it ho jata hai like there's nothing you know like there's nothing to stop you but that's not the reality you know like the sometimes it is actually a lot painful it sometimes it is very hard to manage and I think for all of us, you know, like when we started, so like I'm somebody who uses a menstrual cup. So uh, the cups are like, even though they are better in a lot of ways, they are sometimes a little tricky, you know. And now that I'm staying at home, they are very easy to manage. But I'm like terrified of how it will be when I go to office because constantly in my mind, like you know, how how will we ever navigate it? And so I think like we should talk about um. period leaves also i think it's really nice that finally they are coming into uh, like people are talking about it yeah and you know this uh, like of course it's a really so glad we finally have this conversation around period leave it's, it's not just about having cramps and not like being dirty weak it's just the idea of what your mind also goes through in that time so i read somewhere that the workplace and like we're talking about being in a man's world right so the workplace is actually structured not thinking of a woman in mind right i mean yeah. with your cycle your 
productivity levels actually fluctuate so it's not just cramps or it's not just weakness it's a lot of other things your hormonal levels and all of that so your productivity levels fluctuate throughout your cycle so the workplace currently as we know it has not been made with women in mind so i think even if we have period leave is probably not going to solve all of the problems but of course it's a great start and i hope it becomes more normalized and more workplaces have that Hmm. Okay, so you know, I just feel like uh, one thing that is that why do we think that only when we get periods with heavy bleeding and heavy cramps is only when you can have a hard period? You know, just for me personally, I don't have like very heavy periods or something of that sort. But to be very honest, like in the whole month, I feel the lowest when I'm on my periods. And I remember I had a very high stake meeting with one of the biggest stakeholders and. i was on my periods and i was on the lowest like of like that month and i had that meeting and i could not say that i don't want to work on it i genuinely did not want to work on it and it j- gave me anxiety that you know i'm on my periods and i have to have this meeting and i have these expectations and so much going on and you know even if you want to talk about uh, it you just don't know what to talk about it kya bologe i mean what will you say so Hmm. I mean, it's just a very confusing space for me. I want to say that you know, I don't know what to do exactly. Hmm. But the boy, na cramps can be a medical thing that you can still say that I'm not coming yeah. in because yeah. I have cramps. But how do you explain like your productivity level or your like? So, uh, I read this article by Gloria Steinem where she talks about what if men got periods and how the power dynamics would change. And I really want to read out a couple of lines here because they were just so powerful and mm. they made us all like really think. So she talks about that uh, if men got uh, periods. Uh, it would become an enviable boast for the and masculine event they would brag about how long and how much i think this is my favorite line <laughs> and they would mark the onset of the menzies that you know longed for proof of manhood with religious rituals and stag parties uh, and she talks about how sanitary supplies would be federally funded and free and uh, military men right wing politicians and religious fundamentals would cite menstruation uh, that men would convince women that sex was more pleasurable at that time of the month so i think all of these lines just they don't even sound that absurd they actually sound completely believable and plausible had men been getting periods and it just makes you think about how much the power dynamics are at play at you know making us feel that menstruation is this thing we need to be ashamed of right i mean like she uh, concludes by saying no that um, the logic lies in the eye of the logician <laughs> and uh, and like just the end you know that uh, the truth is that if men could menstruate uh, the power justifications would go on and on um, if we let them and i think that's such yeah. a powerful thing so you know talking about what parna said and i mean we all are living in upper middle class families and luckily we all are privileged enough to afford pads and everything and we have families who are more accepting of all of this but uh, still we are living in a country where there's so many taboos associated with menstruation and while i was researching for this podcast i literally flipped and i i thought that there are two different worlds in this country so um there's this very um 
you know, backward area in, uh, in the state, Maharashtra. So what happens is that when uh, women menstruate in those villages, they're sent to, you know, um, nearby forest edges where they have these huts made up of bamboos and uh, like very weak temporary structures and they do not have any sanitation and no windows I mean just a door and there no electricity nothing obviously they're pretty backward areas and uh, women have to live there for five to six days and you know they have to go one kilometer away from there, you know, those temporary structures to do the daily wash up and bathing, exercise, everything. And imagine I can't like walk five, like, you know, from my bedroom to my washroom during when I'm on my period. And it's just so scary. And it's just so uh, like flippant for me. I mean, if that kind of, those kind of things do exist. And uh, I, I read this very disturbing incident and while researching that, you know, there was this woman, she was just 21 years old and she was living in this temporary structure and, uh, you know, a snake bit her. And uh, she uh, was in pain. She was not given any medicine because she was in her, in her you know, she was in, on her menses and uh, no man would touch her because apparently they would become impure if, uh, you know, they touch her and she died. I mean, that thing exists. And uh, then in the same village, few other women were interviewed and uh, they were asked that, do you know why do you get periods and why do you like stay away from these structures? And uh, she was like that, you know, God has given us this uh, and they also, they only want us to be punished and all of those things. And I was shocked. And uh, so this uh, organization that is working in this village, now they're actually building permanent structures with like proper beds and everything. They are still not, uh, you know, kind of trying to uh, get these traditions out of that village, but they're just trying to make the condition one step better for those women, you know, that they could be just accepted firstly, and then we can just you know, in future, eradicate this because the first step is only so difficult. I mean, absolutely. I think I am ashamed to admit that I never thought of period poverty un until like a few years ago. And it was first when I uh, saw this documentary on Netflix, period, like period, period. And it was an award-winning documentary. I, I kid you not, I had literal tears by the end of it. I mean, to actually realize that for a lot of women, the reality is so different. Like not just access to sanitary napkins. I mean, they are... Um, they do not have any education around it. And for a lot of young girls, like when they're going to school, soon as they start getting their period, they actually drop out of school because it is hard to manage without proper sanitary napkins. And so that is something which is not uh, addressed as much as it should be. That That is a lot. It is the reason why girls are dropping out of school, why women are not part of the workforce. Yeah, it's actually very very moving uh even uh like if you think about the government no so yeah it's not um at the forefront of the government's agenda anywhere uh but yeah i mean since akshay kumar did that movie fat man that mm. uh, like he's become this brand ambassador yeah. of spending money on um you know sanitary napkins and everything but i like as much as i hope it would have been someone else but it, i'm still happy that it's someone mm. and 
and so uh, with pads even in this campaign uh, like uh, one wouldn't notice but the emphasis on how men should buy pads for their women like you instead of spending mm. it on a cigarette buy a pad for your women but then again the uh, the onus is still not you know like women go out and buy one for yourselves it's not like men do all the grocery shopping in all the households right so even now you know like uh, if you're talking about empowering women to use one so you they should be empowered enough i mean i think it is no no like new conversation around the fact that there is such a taboo around buying pads i mean it's uh, like they give you in this you know black polythene and you have to cover it in like 100 layers like kisi ko dikhna jaye that you're buying what a normal thing yeah. so yeah i mean i think even i have when i first my first pads uh, in 11th grade when i was in a hostel i bought them on my own for the first time it was it felt like something to be ashamed of something of taboo but also it's not just about uh, access to the menstrual products for them because i was reading this recent story by the pari network and they talked about uh, how in villages even if they have pads they don't actually have access private access to washrooms right the government talks about sanitation the government talks about food but uh, actually uh, access to private access to toilets is not something a lot of villages still have so the women they were talking about how they don't even have private spaces to change their pads because it's like a one room uh, house they share with everyone they have to go somewhere behind their houses in the dark they wait till midnight so they can actually change their pads on the railway tracks and even then they're scared scared that men are going to see so they like hiding so there are like so many uh, like things stopping them and it's it's hard to even imagine some of this we you need know, more women in a leadership yeah. positions to actually you know think about these things because again no living in a man's world so men since they don't go through it it's never on their radar it's never on their agenda it's only when we have women in leadership positions that from personal experiences you know these small things so uh, very funnily you know we had this debate uh, in our college uh, and so one of the guys was part of the Uh, student uh, association no so he goes like why do you say we don't care about women we put a tampon uh, dispensary in the girls washroom and now you're saying we don't care about women and i'm like dude number one if you like talk to any one girl you will know that majority of girls in our college don't use tampons we use pads so he did not even know there's a difference between the two and and number two i'm like even if you also ask there's never uh, the the uh, material is not there in that dispenser there's just a dispenser yeah. so again no if they had just one girl in that association who would tell them that dude we do not need stamp on dispensaries you need like pads so yeah like very simple example yeah and you're so right about this representation thing because like at the government level we have have no representation so especially i think in humanitarian crisis it's this like this is so uh yeah. on low priority list of things to provide even though it's such an essential like we talk yeah. about food we talk about clothes to provide for people but and i recently i was looking at this uh website to donate a pack and i saw that they actually had pads as part of their pack and that's when i realized uh that oh my god this is something people should definitely consider donating at times like this but we don't consider this the governments don't consider this the charities don't consider this because there just aren't enough women the thing that i was reading was that uh you know in delhi government what happens is in delhi government schools and i think uh, i just know about delhi government schools is that they uh, give pads to uh, all the uh, you know girls uh, out there in the school so a lot of women 
uh, in those schools cannot afford that. So what happened in the pandemic was that that supply was cut. And now many women who could not afford the pads, they switched back to their older clothes pads. And even when the government was trying to supply food and all those essential items, pads was never there on their list. Uh, so, I mean, we have a point to kind of ponder upon. Yeah, they always fall through the cracks, sometimes considered, yeah. sometimes not. In fact, until quite recently, um, pads were highly taxed in our country. It was only recently done that the tax was like they were exempted from certain GST taxations. Um, but I really hope that people know that it's not a luxury. We we don't use pads because we like using them. We use them because it's a necessity for us. Um, so moving on. So even though there has been a huge change in how we as a society talk about periods, there are still so many issues that we do not talk about. Uh, I mean, the reproductive and majority of sexual health issues about women, they're A, very hard to diagnose and we have a lot of taboo associated with them. Um, obviously due to a lot of reasons, it could be due to lack of research or just the fact that women feel very embarrassed to talk about it to someone. You know, um, I have heard of so many incidents uh, where you know, even the doctors are not very receptive of symptoms that women are sharing. I think when you go to a doctor and tell them that you have irregular periods or some issue with your periods, it's always stress. Doctors also don't take period pain seriously. It's just something you have to bear and something every woman has to bear. I've heard experiences of women uh, who've talked about how they have like real issues with their periods and they have like really painful and they like, we know our pain, we are the ones who are explaining it how is the doctor someone to tell us that you know no it's not that much and agar itna hi se pare, to bacche kaise paida karoge? as if like you're supposed to you're I like mean, a reproductive just supposed to do as a woman and i think this is the reason why we still i mean in this 21st century where we're getting vaccines ready in a year we still don't have proper pain management for periods we're still using those same normal pain management medicines and paracetamols and all of that and we mm. don't have special specific research and I think again going back to what Gloria Sanem had written had this been a man's issue I can guarantee that like period pain management would have been such an advanced area of research. Absolutely. And I think uh, going back to initially what Apoorva said, no, so uh, I think uh, due to social stigma, lack of research and, you know, like the general idea that women are, have a higher pain threshold and they are supposed to live through it. And also generally that women usually don't talk about uh, when they're going through something. So it there is always a huge gap in uh, the onset of a disease and like the actual diagnosis. And uh, when actually you start... Um, what do you call it? The prognosis. The medication. Yeah. Treatment, ah, the medication. Yeah. That's prognosis, right? Ah, so when that starts. So um, so when I was very young, uh, like when I just started my periods, my periods were extremely irregular. I used to get them like every 15, 20 days. So initially it was said that, okay, they're just starting. So it takes time for the cycle to set in. So it was thought as normal. So slowly some other like very not normal symptoms started creeping in. So and like it got the symptoms got 
quite bad. It used to get embarrassing for me in school and everything. So finally, I told my mother. And so there was, uh, so what happened was I was going through this disease called prolactinoma due to which it's a hormonal imbalance. So um, the diagnosis took very long. So I think for almost two years, I was taking homeopathic medication to manage my symptoms because somebody suggested that that is possible. And um, that never helped. And also, uh, so what I am most sad about is that that homeopathic doctor who was also a woman, she never went ahead and said, okay, this is something which is beyond my area of expertise. This is something that I cannot manage. I can treat you for cuffs and colds, but please, uh, you know, consult a specialist for this. She never said that. So only when things got like way worse, did we finally go to a Western medicine doctor and like uh, started, uh, like took her advice. And she was so furious that why didn't we come earlier? Because uh, by then the hormone levels had uh, like increased so much that uh, you know it was like harmful at that point so like that's when I, like everybody went crazy that oh my god and it was not something that was a big deal it is it can be managed with one tablet a week so it's not like you know it's very complicated need to have surgery or anything but the fact that you know the diagnosis took so long and like the kind of impact it had on my body during that time I was having a lot of hair fall and all of that so I mean that is something that really scares me that um, for other medical issues also relating to women that is like such a real reality so uh, one thing that i was facing and i think a lot of women around us are facing with pcos right and uh, uh, obviously like i that like i was going through like a lot of acne and like hair fall and everything and till then my parents were like yeah maybe hormonal changes whatever and i remember visiting my dermat who was a maid okay he, he just uh, said that, you know, get an ultrasound done. And, uh, you know, I had a very nice experience with that guy. He told me what PCOD, PCOS is and explained everything to me. And I remember this very funny incident. So I was going to a lot of acne on my face. And as a child, like all of us have a very heavy skin. And then you see like a bombardment of acne. And then there was this auntie who visited uh, you know, my house, and uh, she was uh, like, Bita, itne acnes kaise ho gaya? and I was like, Auntie, I have like PCOD and everything. And she was like, Oh, koini, wo to shadi ke baad ho and I was like, uh, Okay, what is the logic behind that? I mean, what is this sheer nonsense and lack of awareness at every level? Yeah, like, shadi ke baad isse kya ho hai ki ho I mean, we know what cow that is. We like, know. It's so stupid. Yeah, like it's so stupid. Yeah. You know, but uh, when you talk about this shadi thing and relating to women health, so like uh, there's also this obsession with women's fertility, you know? Yeah, I don't you guys remember these um, WhatsApp, for, not just WhatsApp forwards, all these uh, fake news that were going around when the vaccine just came in that the vaccine can uh, affect women's fertility. And, you know, mm. can make you infertile. It's not good for women who have not had kids yet. Mm-hmm. Like, we'd rather die of COVID than <laughs> not have kids. Okay, like, no, but uh, when uh, when you get uh, diagnosed with something, so a lot yeah, of people yeah, say, exactly. like, like, exactly. like, so, like, so, like, is this, so that, you know, like, it does not hamper your marriage prospects. That there's an issue with you. Yeah, like it's you know supposed to be a secret. I mean, I think it's a personal choice if you don't want to share your diagnosis with anyone. But if you do, if you're if you are okay with sharing with everyone your struggles and how you are living with it, 
I, I think that should be a choice which should be given to everyone. And I think it's held like a lot of people are now talking about their PCOS experiences and it's almost building a community and helping a lot of people manage their symptoms and all of that. So talking about it helps and making it a taboo is just good for no one except your marriage person. Right. So what Paranam just mentioned, uh, I think in the previous few years, our knowledge has increased tremendously about what's going on inside our bodies and how it's impacting us. Um, and I think one major reason has to be our girlfriends. Yeah. And also, I think what's helped me is uh, having that empathy, because like I said, uh, during my school days, my parents used to be really chill. I had no idea how hard it can actually be for a lot of women. When I moved into a hostel and my roommate had like really hard periods, she would be taking so many pills a day just to manage her pain. And she would be such a heavy flow. She couldn't move. And actually seeing my roommate go through that helped me have that empathy that it's it can be really hard for women of course uh, eventually I started having really bad cramps and felt it myself but I think on the similar lines it helps men also if they have girlfriends around them who uh, who are probably sharing these things it can help them have that empathy sometimes and you know I think we all have those periods in buddies I mean, I had one in my school, then in college, and now in work also. I mean, every time I used to go to a washroom, I used to take my set, and I was like, check it, please check my skirt, please check my pants, or whatever. And it's been just there always, and they have always been, like, so accommodating. Like, even when they're studying or busy, they're like, yeah, yeah, go, go, we check. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, and with random women also. I remember in Metro, so many times it happened. So, yeah. <laughs> I think this famous already that comes in and like I really love it like I remember reading this online somewhere that no matter like how expensive a pad or a sanitary product is uh, no stranger would ever deny you from it like if you like in uh, washrooms in club washrooms workspaces like everybody is very happy to share that with you and that is like so beautiful so uh, and also one more thing, like uh, when like you guys mentioned you know, school and college, we learned a lot from our friends. So there were a lot of things that we were personally unaware about and friends and all of that. But I think uh, with the onset of this online, uh, uh, a lot of online influencers and educators that have come up. So this learning has uh, expanded like exponentially, like it has gone beyond to so many new ideas. And I absolutely love that we are living in this age where we are having most of us exit online. Yeah, and you know, all of this educated is backed them. by medical like research and actual facts. So, so you know, it's also coming from the right source and you can trust it, which is really, really important. Yeah, yeah like I've been following Dr. Cutris for uh, months now and I love her content. Like it's, it's, it's obviously very educational because that's all her account is about. And not just female health, honestly. I've learned so much about male reproductive health as well from her account. Mm. So uh, that was also something new for me. Yeah, and also, like, even if our uh, biology books taught us what a period is and why it happens, it, it was, I mean, so much on the surface. We were never taught about the whole cycle and what it means, like every stage of a cycle, what it means. And now we have all of these apps tracking it for us. And yeah all of these influences explaining what it means so that has I think really really helped and we're probably so clueless uh, for so many years before that 
तो आई थिंक लाइक वी कैन गिव लाइक अ गुड शाउट आउट टू सम ऑफ आर लाइक रियली फेवरेट ऑनलाइन एजुकेटर्स एंड लाइक आर ऑडियंस कैन गो हेड एंड लाइक चेक दम आउट सो वी हैव लीजा मंगल दास आई डोंट थिंक इज अ डॉक्टर बट शी लाइक डज अ लॉट ऑफ कॉन्टेंट ऑन सेक्स पॉजिटिविटी एंड लाइक जनरल health and awareness and all of that so her content is really nice obviously we have dr cutrus and i think my first introduction to online content was like i think uh, like a few years back uh, vitamins 3 put out these videos about sexual health so one of their initial ones was like why are pubes important and all of that so i think a lot of this online content has normalized a lot of things for us it's really nice yeah i absolutely love how we have so many trusted sources for us to learn um i absolutely love how we have so many trusted sources now to learn more about menstruation and one idea which um um you know a lot of people are talking about more and more openly is that we need to separate menstruation from gender um because until now we've been taught that if you get your period you're a woman and that's not how it is like you can be a woman and not have your period there are people who identify as women and do not have their periods there are people who do not identify as women who are trans men or non binary people who do get their period so this is one um, thing that we need to start differentiating between that uh, menstruation is not equal to uh, being a woman personally uh, i very recently uh, like um... understood that it's trans men who still menstruate and so the gen- the more inclusive term that has now come up is menstruators which includes every uh, all people who um, go through menstruation so one interesting point so uh, apparently it is celebrated in a lot of parts of the country is when a woman gets her period then a new you know new learning for me uh, is that that actually the periods are not being celebrated it's technically their fertility that is being celebrated and i kind of do not feel that this is the most appropriate thing it's not very accepting in that sense and uh, yeah i mean we should actually accept periods but not the fertility part of it right but yeah, you know so. i mean i mean we were talking coming back to uh, the point of how like the social media discourse has probably become more inclusive which is absolutely amazing and more and more people are learning to use more inclusive language but i i think we've we've got like such a way, long way to go before it actually becomes normalized in society yeah i think we can all agree over here that um currently all of the um conversation about periods is being led by cisgender women and uh you know women basically who conform with the gender they were assigned that birth um so i think we here we need a lot of work on various levels first making menstruation less of a taboo second understanding that gender can be anything but binary because i think uh, a lot of people still find it hard to fathom that um that you know gender is a sphere as divyani mentioned in our previous episode if you haven't then please do listen to that one as well um So yeah, I think there's like a lot of work um, as a society to do here. So on this note, we um, come to an end of this episode. Um, thank you, Sanjana, for joining in, uh, staying for this really long recording that we just had, and thank you to everyone who actually stuck to the end. I hope you learned something new here, and you probably have um, new ideas to ponder on now. 
and we have linked lawyer Simon's article also in our bio so if you want you can go through that as well um and Sanjana, do you have any parting words for us yeah i think um i had a blast and i really had fun recording this and uh, i mean it just felt so amazing and not my first time recording a podcast so yeah it was fun and obviously there's a long way to go in this process of learning and unlearning and i hope you guys had fun uh, had fun listening to this yeah. thank you everyone for joining in see you in the next episode of the myla collective